with the latest sporting news from Kilkenny, Carlo, and around the country. This is Scoreline. And you're very welcome to Friday Night Scoreline with myself, Eddie Scally, in the hot seat for the next 45 minutes, looking ahead to this weekend's sporting action. And of course, there is lots of it. We've a Leinster Hurling Camogie final to look forward to between Dublin and Kilkenny. We have, of course, Carlo out in the McDonough Cup against Down. We've horse racing. The first classics of the year are going to be next weekend in the Curran. We're going to be speaking to their chief executive, Brian Kavanagh. But the first game we're going to be looking at is Dublin against Kilkenny in Parnell Park tomorrow night. And I'm delighted to be joined on the phone by Adrian, Ronnie, Ronan. Ronnie, How's things? Good, uh, Eddie. Thanks very much. Great evening, sir. Absolutely cracking, Ronnie. Ronnie, um, I don't know why there doesn't seem to be. I know why there's no as much hype as the Galway Kilkenny battle. Obviously, we had the Battle of Brian and Henry and all this stuff in the build up to it. Kilkenny lose tomorrow night, Leinster's over. Um, well, lose tomorrow night in the Westford matches and that again. Um, uh, and obviously, that's very possible. Uh, but again, if you look at the farm, uh, it's very similar to what the farm was two, three months ago when uh, Dublin had a great Welsh Cup, great league campaign, were cock of the hoop and were t- the talk of the ch- uh, the league. And Kilkenny went up to um, Arnell Park and uh, defeated him rather easily on a scoreline of uh, 223 to 16 points. And um, as a result, Dublin faltered fairly easily and, 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 and I suppose... Um, didn't show the farm and the, the the farm line is kind of something similar it looks like Dublin are all the talk again for the championship looks like they're after having the three great wins so far and um, the three great wins so far and as a result I suppose Kilkenny are going in under the radar a little bit uh, because as I said Dublin are there's huge expectations out of Dublin and sometimes there's huge expectations out of Dublin that's time that that they fall for. Yeah, but Ronnie, if you if you if you look at Dublin's results, right, they've you know, Westmead and Leash, with all due respect, you know, mm-hmm. they're expected to win them games. The game down in Wexford Park, as you well know, Wexford Park is not an easy place to go and win. Um I thought Dublin were a little bit fortuitous in the sense that I thought Wexford were quite wasteful in front of goal, but Dublin, needless to say, they won that game on Merit, and to me, that was the biggest shock in the league so far. So it's, you know, Dublin are sitting on six points. If Dublin win tomorrow night against Kilkenny, which is a big ask, that's mm. Dublin in the Leinster final. And then yeah. Galway, who we will fully expect to beat Westmead, or sorry, will beat Leash, I should say, that'll put Galway in the Leinster final as well. And it means that Wexford and Kilkenny will be playing each other in, in Nolan Park next weekend, and one of them will be gone out of the championship. Yeah, and that's... If, that's, that's, that's worst case scenario. That's, that's, yeah, that's, that's the worst case scenario. The worst case scenario is, regardless of the result tomorrow night, there's a humdinger in, in Nolan Park next week because either Wexford or Kilkenny are going to be playing for third spot. One of them. Now, with a bit of luck, Kilkenny will come in and uh, win tomorrow night and they'll be in, in, in the driving seat. But it's a must-win for Kilkenny to qualify for a Leinster final. It's a must-win for Kilkenny to stay in the championship. But there's nothing sure of it. The match in Nolan Park, that's a humdinger. That's a crowd seller. That's a, a, a Nolan Park full capacity uh, or very nearly full to capacity with both Wexford and Kilkenny coming to going to Nolan Park for results. But with the match that's in front of us, the Dublin match, Wexford, of course, no disrespect, they're playing tomorrow night as well. And they're going to obviously, maybe, you know, they're playing, they're, they're playing, who are Wexford playing? Westmead. Westmead. Wexford playing Westmead. So you'd expect Wexford to win that game naturally. So that means they'll be on um, five points going into it. So look, 
without going too far ahead I suppose the big game is tomorrow night and the result is the big game and it's a big game for both Dublin as you said winning in the Leinster final it's a huge game for Matty Kenny he's third year uh, in charge with Dublin he's getting a huge bounce at him but he just hasn't got him over the line but Kenny have caught him during those two COVID Leinster Championship games in uh, Crow Park when the crowds weren't there Kenny, you know, thrown away a huge lead. But look, when it's been in the last seven or eight years, Wexford, Dublin haven't got a, a good result since 2013. The beat of them Port Leash in 2013. That's the real victory that they've. Uh, they're still dwelling on, I suppose. But that being said, I think it's a very dangerous game. Just as the Galway game was a very dangerous game, I think it's a huge dangerous game for Kilkenny because again. Um, we're not as bad as the result might have been. Uh, people might think in Galway, we're not a million miles off. But if we don't build, if we don't win tomorrow, we can, you know, well then we're under serious pressure to get a result again. Yeah, see, like Ronnie, and, I, and I'm completely on, on on the same page as you on this. I, I think Kilkenny are going very, very well. Kilkenny. We're, we're quite unlucky against Galway <laughs> two weeks ago there's you know whether whether it was a free or it wasn't a free at the end of the game you know there's you can't just bring it down to one decision and say that was the winning and losing of the match but at the end of the day Kilkenny lost by one point in Pierce Stadium another place that's notoriously difficult to get a result out of but taking the Dublin game as a stance Hugh Lawler we're hearing is, is gone um, he, he won't be in there so obviously Brian's going to have to look at his, his backs because Hugh Lawler is a, is a mainstay there He's a, he was a certain starter and you know the two week break now TJ the last day you know he's been Kenny's main man and main threat for, for a long time he, you know he, he had a very uncharacteristic quiet game against Galway and you know and, and even more so uncharacteristic he, he missed a couple of very soft frees um, early in the game you know so you know I, I suppose what I'm probably asking you is, you know, what way do you see this this coming along? Do you see a, a you know a big change in what Kilkenny are doing, or what do you think is going to happen? Well, like I just said, I think we all we're all in agreement that Limerick are the team to beat. There's no doubt about it. But then no one can put whoever's second or third because we're all very vulnerable. Watford have all had their vulnerabilities. Galway have their vulnerabilities, and so are we. So there's a lot of teams in the group fought chasing Limerick, and we're and we're in that group. And we went up. The only test that we've had so far, really, is the Galway match. And the Galway match produced a day where a lot of guys on characteristically had a, a few lads had an off day. But what you must remember is, I believe, is Galway, some of the one or two the score the Galway got were from the end line. Uh, young Con Cannon got a point from the end line. They drove very few wides. They drove most of their scores over the bar. And we, as we said, lost TJ at half time. So TJ won't be uh, as poor again. Uh, Kilkenny won't be as poor again. Kilkenny, yes, it's dangerous going to Parnell Park. We have, but we have a great record in Parnell Park. So again, I think it's it's a, it's a tricky game for us. For sure, it's always tricky for uh, um, when you go to Parnell Park. But I think the last day, the Galway victory. Look, we were beaten. That we came to a last decision. But before that, we were playing maybe too much tap, tippy tappy stuff. It was probably uh, a lot of it was broken down. But Galway missed nothing. So I think to be fair to to Kilkenny. We're not far off where we need to be. Yes, we're still a long way off the Glimricks, but we're not a long way off the group that's chasing. We're in that group of chasing, in the chasing pack. But, and you said it there earlier, if we don't get a result tomorrow night, we're putting serious pressure on that, uh, that match in Nolan Park. So it's a massive game. And as we often say, and we often talk about, Dublin are hurting from the last day in Parnell Park. They expected to do very well the last day in the league. They've earmarked this championship match as their match. This is the match of the year for them. At home, in front of their own crowd, 
a huge game playing Kilkenny. This is where they want to perform. This is where they want to do well. And this is where they want to win. Yes, the Wexford match in Wexford Park, the Dublin supporters maybe didn't travel. But this is a home match now for Dublin. And in front of Matty Kenny and their home supporters, he has to produce a performance and a win. So Kilkenny certainly will be under pressure. And Huey Lawler, as you mentioned, is a massive loss. But we're blessed. We're blessed that we have Conor Delaney maybe to come in. Maybe Richie Reid to come in. And Paddy Deegan to go back. So we're not. And Young Blanchfield, if we go back, just look at the Kilkenny depth and panel, the Kilkenny subs. For sure, uh, Huey Lawler is a loss. But I did mention a few weeks back, we haven't, and we, we haven't a bad panel. We have 22 or 23 lads as good as anybody on their day. And if Blanchfield gets his chance, and as we all know, Richie Reid gets his chance, or, or Conor Delaney, they won't let us down. So, yes, uh, Huey Lawler is a... Uh, a loss, but I expect Kenny to do, deal with that loss, and I expect Kenny to obviously shore up. We'll know there is a rumour that he's not playing, but there's also a rumour that that's not no longer true. We'll know that around eight o'clock this evening when the Kenny team is announced. But tricky game for sure. But I think this Kenny team, the way they performed in the last few weeks, and yes, it was a little bit ropey in Galway at times, but I still think on the day Galway missed nothing. I still think we're not too bad, and I think we will. And hopefully we'll get a victory up in Parallel Park tomorrow. Just, just to touch on one thing with you, Ronnie, is it, you, you, uh, I actually done a podcast last night. It'll drop in about 20 minutes there to Clash Act this week was with Charlie Carter, uh, a good friend of yours, of course, and a, and a, and a former player that would have been a, a, a partner with you and I think challenged for positions with you as well. But Charlie kind of alluded to the tippy-tappy type of hurling as well. He's not a major fan of the short game, but you, you did it in your sentence there a second ago. You said about the tippy-tappy hurling. Like, have you seen the way that Kilkenny are trying to play I would say a hybrid version of that short game you know can you see it starting to work for them or moving for them or is it something that you're not a fan of yourself well it doesn't matter whether you're a fan of it or not because I'm old school so I have to uh, forget about being a fan of it it's the modern way of hurling as you know everybody's trying to change the way they're going about it of course not sure but I hate it we all want the, the, the straightforward hurling that we all know get the ball down on top of the forward let them win their own ball but that's not the way it's played we're now playing with six or seven back or seven or eight backs we're now playing with two inside men, four and a half, four lane, three in the middle of the field. All this is lovely. It's innovative for sure. But that's the way we have to go with it. That's the way the modern game is playing. And Kenny, to their credit, are trying to evolve. They've been trying to do it last year. They've, they're certainly evolving this year, uh, trying to perfect it. Have they got it right? No, they haven't. Have they, are they nearly there? Yes, but they still have a long way to go to, play, to match what the Limericks are doing. But that's a match that we can't uh, even worry about until we get the wins that we need but look we have to win the games that are in front of us and the wins again tomorrow night Parallel Park is that little bit tighter the wind often blows down the field in, 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 in um, uh, Parallel Park uh, is often strong so I expect again our half our line to be a major player there like they did the last day Wally getting the goal Wally's on fire in Parallel Park the last day and again not being overconfident by no means not being overconfident but I just think the Kenny players and the Kilkenny public, but particularly the Kilkenny players, from the rumours that I'm hearing, a lot of them are a little bit fed up of the rumours that are coming out, untrue rumours in a lot of cases coming out of the camp, and a lot of them are disappointed with their per, with their performance in Galway, and they want to get it right. They know, they know they're after putting in the time and effort, and I think as a Kilkenny supporter, yeah, we're often critical, but I think we're turning a corner, and I believe this is this team over the last six or seven months have evolved, have got better, have found new players. And yes, while Tejas is still with us, we still need to get a result and we still need to get it, uh, have a chance of doing well. And so that's why I still firmly believe that we'll have a lot to do tomorrow night, but I think it'll come, the cream will come to the top. And I think when it matters most, that Kenny depth and panel and that 
subs will be required and that can be the difference tomorrow evening. Yeah, no, I, I, I'd wholeheartedly agree with you there. I think Kilkenny, it'll be a tough day at the office, but I think Kilkenny will, will edge it. I think that we're both agreeing on that one. Ronnie, before I let you go, you're obviously a very strong Camogie man. We have a Leinster final tomorrow at Dublin playing Kilkenny as well in that Leinster Camogie final. The game has been played in Port Leash as a curtain raiser to Leash in Galway. Um, I, I suppose I, I, I made a number of calls to ask why was that and I've been told that Parnell Park as a facility couldn't cater for double header um, pretty much but what I'd wonder is would it have been better for Dublin and Kilkenny to be played maybe on a venue on the road from Kilkenny to Dublin as opposed to going to Leash and having a 2.45pm throw in you know is there is there no thinking outside the box there or what have you any thoughts on it at all? I have loads but we're live on air uh, Eddie so um, <laughs> when it comes to Camogie and it comes to Camogie and fixtures and comes to Camogie and looking after girls and looking after women, we're way off, way, way off. These girls are putting in as big an effort as any of the men are doing and the least they could do is share the stage. Just rubbish about not sharing dressing rooms. The same with the Camogie minor Leinster final there a few weeks ago to play the curtain raiser, they called it. A curtain raiser four hours before Kikendi played Leash in the park. Like, you know what I mean? So it's a joke. The sooner they come together, the sooner they start it, the sooner they agree that there is... Uh, pathway and there is room for both the men and the women to share the stage the better because it's totally unfair to those girls uh, some who have uh, an involvement some families have an involvement with uh, both teams and the supporters have an involvement but look it's very disappointing that someone couldn't come to an arrangement as I said at worst at worst at least played above in Dublin, played in Abbottstown, played somewhere in Dublin before the game that some people could go over to it. We'd get 100 or 200 or 300 people to go over to before you go over to Parnell Park. But how we couldn't come to an arrangement and play it together is beyond me. But hey, as I said, we're live in air. When it comes to camogie and fixtures and break your heart. No, and, and, and it is it is something I, I genuinely did I did feel that and I and I seen it happening a few times when I was in Wexford myself that these things clash and people forget you've got parents with kids on both panels, you have boyfriends and girlfriends that are caught out with each other in both panels and stuff. It's a bit of a mess, but sure look, we, we do hope I suppose that Kilkenny people will travel to Port Leash tomorrow in good numbers, support the women and then drive on up to, to Dublin. But we both agreed that probably as a venue choice it wasn't much thinking outside the box on that one. Well look, they had to come to an range and they did it three or four weeks and I understand it but look there's logic and there's a bit of common sense involved but when it comes to common sense um, the girls often lose out it's, it's, it's at all levels at all fixtures and the sooner that, that common sense prevails and these girls get an opportunity to share the stage and share facilities and get some equal status now I'm not, not saying for on every occasion but look at this it's small steps for big steps. So this was an opportunity, again, to profile the game of Camogie to the Kikenny hurlers uh, public and the Dublin hurling public. And why, oh God, oh why we couldn't uh, accommodate Kikenny and Dublin Camogie players tomorrow evening. Wouldn't it be a lovely curtain raiser for the people? You know what it's like going into Parnell Park tomorrow. You'll have to be up two hours trying to find a parking space. It'll break your heart trying to get a parking space. Wouldn't it be lovely to be up there early and go in there and go see a good entertaining camogie match and see, you know, the girls and the females performing at the highest level and giving them the stage and giving them the profile to the Kikenny and Hurling and uh, Dublin public. So, so disappointing. So disappointing for the girls. But you know what? The girls don't really care at this stage. They've been used to mis- being mistreated. But I think, uh, you know, we're at a stage now where we're, we're saying we want to help and we're saying we want to share the stage and we want to profile it. Well, come on, lad. This was the opportunity to do it. 
and it wasn't taken. 100% Ronnie it is time for these people to get down off the box and make these things happen. Ronnie as always absolute pleasure chatting to you this evening and I look forward to talking to you again over the coming weeks of this Hurling Championship. Thanks be the God, Eddie. We weren't alive. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> that, that is, of course, Adrian Ronnie Ronan giving us his honest views on, 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 on what he thinks is coming up over the next couple of games or a couple of weeks. And of course, I would say I can take it from Ronnie's uh, tone that we are both agreeing on a double for Kilkenny, both in the Camogie and in the Hurling. And hopefully we will see better days where these games will all be played in the same venue on the same day. We're going to take a quick ad break right there. First for sport on and off the pitch. Scoreline on KCLOR. And you're very welcome back to Saturday, uh, Friday night scoreline, I should say, with myself, Eddie Scally. We're switching our attention to horse racing now, and I'm delighted to be joined on the line by the CEO of the Curra, Mr. Brian Cavanagh. Brian, thanks a million for taking the call this evening. Not at all, Eddie. Great to be on. Brian, really exciting time. You can see the weather starting to pick up. It's lovely and sunny. I was down in Wexford myself today, absolutely bombarding that track with water ahead of a jumps meeting tomorrow. But all eyes are going to be focused straight on the Curra next weekend. You've been there a couple of months now, but this is your uh, real first big day out. It's the the first classic of the season, Brian. How's everything looking for you? Yeah, can't wait, Eddie. Uh, this day next week, uh, so Friday, Saturday, Sunday, uh, uh, three-day meeting at the Curra, and as you say, the first classic Group 1 race of the year. Uh, so everything's in great order. Um, track is beautiful. Uh, like yourself, putting a drop of water on it this week, and I think there's some rain forecast for next week, so ground should be perfect. Uh, and looks like one of the very strong fields for all the races. Uh, you know, a lot of uh, horses come from England, and of course, the strength of Irish horses at the moment is amazing. Uh, so we're looking forward to three brilliant days racing. Yeah, Brian, I was looking at it. The, the, the three-day part of it there, the Friday is an addition. From from what I could see, it looks like it. This is an addition to it. It's it's instead of being the traditional two-day event, this is now a third day. What's the plan for the Friday? Is there a big feature handicap on Friday evening, or? Yeah, yeah, there's a, there's a, there's a, uh, the Emerald Handicap, William Hill Emerald Handicap. It's worth €150,000, which is a great prize. And uh, William Hill sponsored a number of races on the night. We've got the Gallagher Stakes uh, on Friday night as well. And then we have uh, an 80s disco uh, music uh, after racing. So it's a new concept to try and develop it in time into a three-day festival. We're very, very optimistic about that. So maybe a more relaxed opening to the weekend. And then the Group 1 action kicks in on Saturday and Sunday. And then, Brian, itself, like, since COVID has returned, you know, we've seen, you know, obviously in, in, in Ireland, I think we've seen a real bounce here in Kilkenny. We thought the Goffstayestas Day and Connolly's Redmonds Day were, you know, extremely good. And then looking on to watch the the bigger festivals kind of kicking in as well. Punchstown had a massive couple of days. The, the Dublin Racing Festival, of course, Fairy House. You know, I I just think in Ireland there seems to be a rising tide that, that, that our big fixtures have held very strongly since COVID has passed and I'm hoping that this is, is, is a, a current that you, that you see happening yourself across the board. Yeah, yeah, definitely and, and not just the big fixtures I mean we've had three meetings already that occurred this year and they've all been up on, on, on previous figures. I think there's a great desire amongst the public to get out, having been cooped up for so long uh, and I think they see racing, see sport in general but racing in particular as a, as a safe way to socialise to meet people you know, I always say they're called race meetings for a reason. You go, you meet people, you make friends, you you, you renew old acquaintances. And, you know, in the post-COVID environment, people are, are conscious that you're doing that in a safe environment. So there's been, as you say, you led the way with the Tayef days and the, uh, and the Red Mills days. But, but throughout the, the, the spring season, you know, our, our, our feature meetings have had really good crowds, brilliant atmosphere uh, and great crack. And, and, you know, I think Irish racing racing's on a high at the moment. Uh, and, uh, you know, we've great quality horses. Uh, 
Uh, and uh, I, I think we'll see that next weekend of the Curra. Uh, the, 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 the 2,000 guineas, I was just looking at the betting this morning in the 2,000 guineas, just to ask you on that specific race, the Native Trail looks like it's going to be a short price favourite. Charlie Appleby, I think, is rocking at the moment. I assume this is the more likely target for that horse. It was beaten in the UK's equivalent, um, and it was quite a shock that it was beaten in that race. Uh, you know, Do you think the, the home contingent will have a lot to say about this this race yet? Yeah, I think it'll be a strong race. Uh, um, uh, you know, you can never discount uh, uh, Barry Doyle and uh, Joseph has a good horse in Bookaroo. Native Trail is a fabulous horse. He was favoured for the 2000 Guineas at Newmarket. And of course, he's already had a, a, a taster of the curve. He won the national stakes last year on, on Champions Weekend over seven furlongs. So he's he's won seven of the eight furlongs of the, of, of the Guineas mile. So, uh, you know, I think this was always going to be his target. Uh, and I think he ran up to a, ran into a very good horse in Newmarket. So he's a real, you know, star attraction. We're really looking forward to seeing him race here, uh, you know, and, uh, I think the, the home challenge will be strong. A couple of other English runners, Rafe Beckett has a, has, has, has a strong contender, won two group one races as a two year old. Uh, and a number of other English horses in the mix. Uh, we'll see what happens when declarations come out on, on Tuesday. Yeah, it's it's such an exciting time. I was speaking to Kevin O'Ryan last weekend and we were talking about this on the show, about the flat season, the way it, you know, one leads into the next, it's the Guineas and then we go on to the Derby and then you've Royal Ascot and it's just it's just such an exciting time in in, in uh, racing. Yeah. No, there's, a, there's a great rhythm to the season and of course the flat is the, is, is the international aspect of the, of the racing game. It's linked in with the breeding industry, you know, it's what gives... Uh, Ireland, it's great uh, global successes. Uh, uh, so you know this year's flat season has started incredibly well. There's been a, there's a noticeable uh, mix of winning trainers, a really strong mix of re- winning trainers. So uh, you know most trainers around the country have got to look in. The racing is extremely competitive. Uh, you know, and a lot of the leading stables seem to be firing very strongly. And as you said, we've had the shadow boxing. You know, for the first uh, you know uh, six weeks of the season, the Group One action starts now in, in Ireland next Saturday. Yeah, and it's something we're all looking forward to. Brian, just for anybody looking to get tickets for the Curra next weekend, uh, the Curra.ie, yeah. is it? Curra.ie, tickets, t- tickets, tickets on sale in advance uh, and tickets available on the day. Uh, you know, there's there's a variety of different options. What we've done on the Curra this year, though, is is you know you pay your tickets, you get in. There's 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 a minimum of restricted areas in the Curra. You know, the the, the third floor floor suites uh, are are held for private pri- 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 private customers. But the rest of the race, of course, you come in, you're able to go around with a couple of lovely new bars, the Lily White's Bar, overlooking the winning line uh, and the Derby uh, Bar, uh, you know, with, 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 with the terrace outside, a beautiful free seating uh, in front of the stand, uh, throughout the stand, on the winning line, you know, that's not not, not available in a lot of other race courses. And we're trying to, as I said, break down some of the barriers in the Curra and uh, encourage people to come and, and really enjoy themselves and, and have a good time. So... As you said, the weather's up and uh, we're really looking forward to next weekend. Brian, thanks a million for taking the call. I too am really looking forward to next weekend and the very best of luck to you and all the team in the Curra for, for next weekend's Classic Weekend, which I'm sure is going to be an absolute belter. Thanks, Eddie. If we can do half as well as you did for your, your, your big days, we'd be delighted. You're very kind and I'm sure you will do it and, and better. Thanks a million. That is, of course, Brian Kavanagh, CEO of the Curra Racecourse. And of course, as Brian had said, tickets for the Classic Weekend, Friday, Saturday and Sunday's racing are available on the Curra.ie and I'm really looking forward to that. We're going to take a quick ad break right there. Keeping you in the game. Scoreline on KCLOR. 
And you're very welcome back to Friday Night Scoreline with myself, Eddie Scally, in the hot seat, being driven by the brilliant Shannon Redmond there, minding me and keeping me in tow. We're switching our attention back to Hurland McDonough Cup action this weekend. Carlo Boyd from a very, very good performance against Antrim last weekend, or two weekends ago, I should say, are now facing down at home in Netwatch Cullen Park. And I'm delighted to be joined on the line by my good friend, Brendan Hennessy, to talk about this weekend's game. Brendan, thanks for taking the call. No problem, Eddie. Good to hear from you. Brendan, you, 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 you teed it up for us a couple of weeks ago when I was chatting to you on the phone. You, you, you did say it, and you were a pains to point it out, that Carlo were a lot better than, than they'd shown in that game against Curry. You were very confident going to Antrim that they were going to give a performance, and you, you most certainly got that performance. Yeah, they nearly got the win as well, Eddie. They were just unfortunate they were leading by two points with six minutes to go, but, you know, it's a 70-minute game. Plus, now, as we all know, over the last number of years, Antrim finished a little bit stronger. Big turning point in the game was a very harsh decision. The referee didn't beat Carlo, but uh, the best team won the match on the day. With Jack McCullough, a very harsh decision against them when Carlo were two points up. Antrim got the free. And I was just talking, had a chat with Pat Murphy, the Carlo selector, after the match. And we were just looking back and talking about it in hindsight and talking to Terence on the way home. Antrim got four frees for four illegal hand passes. And Carlo were beaten by three points. So you can put your own thoughts on that one. And uh, I have to be honest, two of the hand passes were probably dodgy. I've since heard uh, from a, uh, a very respectable commentator that referees have been told that if they're in doubt, they're to blow these hand passes. Now, I didn't get confirmation on that. I don't know whether you've got confirmation on it, your coach and teams. Uh, I was told that during the week, and I found it hard to believe that if, uh, if a player, if they're in doubt, uh, you're the broader, it's not the other way. Well, so I, have, I have to get clarification on that. I don't know what I was told. That you, 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 definitely, you, you definitely won't get clarification that uh, referees no, have been told it, to be blown if in doubt. It, 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 didn't, it didn't beat Carlo, but back to your point, and I think the positive is over. The last road standing, I think, as you say, I, I'm watching them a long time. I know their capabilities. Uh, it was absolutely putrid, the, the performance. Tom said that himself after the Kerry match. I don't know what went wrong that day, neither does Tom. The lads didn't know, but in fairness, they stepped up to the plate in Antrim. And, you know, even the Antrim people admired the style of play that Carroll. It was a cracking game. Antrim finished a stronger, um, you know, and I don't want people to think that I'm here wins in the referee. I thought the Stacks and Dublin referee had an outstanding game in Antrim, but I just thought that the decision that turned it a little bit at the end, Jack McCullough was harshly dealt a free against him. It was a perfect hand pass, and everybody, even the Antrim people, said it. But look, the best team won the match. Carroll are quite capable. I think tomorrow, already. Home advantage will suit him. Uh, we're relatively uh, more or less the same team. Uh, Tom will go, but I'm not sure I didn't hear the team yet. But uh, I think they, they have a great chance tomorrow. As Richie Cody said in his post-match interview the last day, this down match is no more or less an All-Ireland quarter-final. And you know, you can look at the table in the John Mack and you say, well, they've lost two matches already and they're only on two points. Uh, down are on two points. Down really have to come to Carlow tomorrow and, and get a win. Now, I'm just looking at the fixtures for tomorrow. Um, Kerry are playing awfully. Michael said during the week, Michael Fenley, that all barn appearance in the John McDonough final would be a, a, a really disappointing uh, year for Offaly. He wants to get to the final. Now, if Offaly were to go down and beat Kerry tomorrow, Kerry's lost two matches. If Carroll win tomorrow and go to Offaly next week, they've only lost two matches. So, you know, Tom and the lads have belief that this is still within their grasp, but it is within their grasp. If Carroll defeat tomorrow, it's all over. If they win, they're well in the competition. And Kerry have to go to Antrim for their last match. Now, Antrim, if they win tomorrow or win the weekend, they're playing Mead, it's in Navin, they probably are going to win that with all due respects to Mead. But, you know, Kerry and Antrim is the last match next week. They'll all be played at the same time. If Antrim and Kerry next week, if Kerry lose that, uh, they've lost two matches. If Carlo win the next two, they've only lost two. Uh, Down will be out if Carlo beat them tomorrow. So, 
There is a second place up for grabs. Now, I know Kerry has a better scoring difference, but if it comes down to more than three teams, more than two teams, on the same amount of points, uh, it's different. It's, it's not head-to-head. It's scoring difference. They do have a big scoring difference, Kerry, but Carlo to get a win tomorrow, go win the match first, then see what you can win it by if you can, and go win it next week. Anything can happen. It's still there. But the moral of the story is Carlo must win tomorrow. And if they win tomorrow, they must beat Michael Fenley's Offaly next week. And albeit Offaly and Carlo could be fighting it out as well. So looking at it, if Antrim keep winning, all teams after the final round could have lost two matches. <laughs> so then the fat is in the fire. If you don't worry, come up with Yeah, no, it is. It, it, it's, it's extremely tight. And I would expect Antrim, even with the win tomorrow and guaranteeing themselves Joe McDonough Cup final, it's you might, you might you might have a situation where Antrim might be resting one or two players, but what you'll always find is you bring in a player that's number seventeen, eighteen, nineteen on a squad. He's not, he's not a million miles off the team, and he'll be coming in firing. I I'd expect Antrim, with all due respect to Curry, I would still expect Antrim to be proud enough to not lose home games and and give I, it everything. I, I, would, I, th- I think I'd send him shit as that day. Yeah, I think the same. Now Curry, to be fair, were excellent today. I seen them playing in Carlow. Stephen Malumphy has done a great job in the I was just looking at their defensive record, they've only conceded 50 points in total. Antrim have conceded 80, uh, Offaly have conceded 74, Carlow have conceded 75, and down 87, Meter on over 100. So they've only conceded 50 points, Kerry. So they have a tremendous defensive record, and they are a good team. Now, they are the favourites to get to the final, along with Antrim, so it's up to Offaly and Carlow to do their best, and down, to be fair, it has to be fair to down. And it's not going to be simple. Down and Carroll, there's a bit of a score to be settled here now. There's a bit of bad taste in a, in a league match. And a few teams said after that, Carroll just go tomorrow, play the hurling that they played in Antrim, win the match, and keep their John McDonough hopes alive because it's a tremendous competition. I believe in the lads. I think they can do it tomorrow. Uh, the supporters will have to believe in them. They just have to go and play. It's this disciplined performance that they played uh, the last day in Antrim. And they were just a little bit unlucky the last day. But if it's a thing they don't qualify for the final, then look back and say that the, the, the Ackley's heel happened in the carry match. You don't have the genius to work that one out. But they're capable of doing it. They played very, very well. There's some great players. And the, the best Carlo 15 on the field tomorrow. And a good, strong, disciplined performance. I don't doubt the lads. I think they can take two points tomorrow. Brendan, just just because it'd be remiss of me not to to talk about it, the league game it was a it was a brilliant game, two ten to one twelve, desperately close, only a point in it. The down yeah. management team came out after the game and accused because people might notice some people that might listen in tonight. They accused some of the Carlo players of sectarian abuse, and it got a little bit messy. Um, it was not substantiated either. You know what I mean? And well, like, well, it was, and to be fair to the Down County Board, they put it to bed fairly quick, and so did the Carlo County Board because the ironic thing about it, Eddie, there was five journalists at the match. I wasn't there. There was five journalists at the match and the, the down management had no comment to make to anybody from the national media or from local media, including Casey Lahr, uh, who represented the local paper, the Nationals, uh, Chas Murphy was there. There was no comment made to anybody, but as you know, social media is a dangerous platform. So one of the management committee, one of the management team uh, decided to go on social media and make these comments. It was picked up by a journalist at national level and it absolutely battered Carlo. Down County Board put an end to it. Carroll County Board put an end to it and there was no more about it. The ironic thing is if it was that serious I would love to know how come a journalist wasn't told about it on the day. So it went it went in and it has disappeared. So that's why there will be a bit of fire in the Carroll lads' bellies tomorrow to, to get this win. And you know as I said to a man there was a man, a man from talking to me about the last day there's a great pocket of people in Carroll hurling there's a small, you know as well as I do there's yeah. a small pocket of people in Carroll hurling they're pure hurling people there's not that many teams there's five senior teams in Carroll it's a very small pool you know, Colin Bonner was here. He did wonders with lads, Christy Rings, John McDonald's, winning Division 2A, getting them into the Leinster Championship, playing in Galloway, you know, picking a senior county team from five clubs 
and losing out to Galway by three points. The deprived Galway going on. I know people say to me, you're on about that all the time. Well, it's true. You know, the deprived Galway going on in the championship. I heard you talking to Ronnie earlier on, can Dublin stop Kilkenny tomorrow, or whatever. Galway lost out in scoring difference. Carlo only lost by three points. Now, you ask Galway or Kilkenny to pick a senior team from five teams in the county and see how they would do. Carlo were doing this. And you know, you have to look at fellas like Chris Nolan and Kevin McDonald and young John Nolan. Uh, Sean Murphy is back in there now. Uh, young Connor Joes and Fiacre Fitzpatrick, Dermot Byrne. You know, you know the names. All these fellas can hurl. Paul Dyle and Sam Mullins, one of the finest defenders in, 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 the, in the country, you know. So to have the players, Brian Trez and top class goalkeepers, they're great. And the level of Joe Mack, the Kerry lads are brilliant and from are excellent. They're after hurling in Division 1. These fellas give as much to hurling and they love it as much as the Kilkenny's and the Tipperary's and the Galway's and the Wexford's. And that's why what makes it a brilliant competition. Westmead have proved that your own county, you know, to put up some game performances. I know they take one or two hidings, but there's still a gulf between the top teams and the second tier teams. But these fellas are good and they can play. And, you know, there's no better man in, in Concharge here, Tom Mullally and Christy Keeley and Pat Murphy and, and the team. You know, the lads know what they have to do tomorrow. Tom, Tom has a proven track record. Uh, Steve Malumphy's a proven with Gary, Dan Leeson with, with Antrim and so on. All the managers, they're all well-managed teams. But I think if Carlo can play to the ability that they play, the, the best of their abilities, which they're, they're excellent, tomorrow I think they'll win the match. And if they have a howler like they had against Kerry, well, it'll be a disaster. But I've, I'm confident, I was confident going to Antrim, I told you that and you acknowledge that. I said they're far better than what we've seen against Kerry. Nearly, nearly won the match. Didn't win it. So now it's back to the drawing board and back to what Richie said. Tomorrow's an All-Ireland quarter-final, Eddie, and let's hope they can win it. And fingers crossed, Brendan, that we do get a win tomorrow. Thanks a million for taking that call this evening. I look forward to hearing the commentary of that game, which should be a home dinger. I hope so, Eddie. Thank God. Brilliant. Thanks a million. That is, of course, Brendan Hennessy, and you will be able to catch all the action of the Carlo Down game tomorrow on KCLR Live. So it's it's going to be another absolute belter of a game. And the best of luck to Tom and all the backroom team there and all the players in that massive game against Down. We'll be all cheering them on. We're going to take a quick break there. For everything sports, scoreline on KCLR. Scoreline on KCLOR with Eddie Scally. And you're very welcome back to Friday Night Scoreline. Of course, outside of county games over the weekend, we do have the senior football final in Kilkenny this weekend between Thomastown and Mullinavash. Thomastown, of course, the reigning senior football champions. And I'm delighted to be joined on the phone by my good friend Eddie Doyle to have a quick look ahead to that game. Eddie, uh, not a novel pairing. This is two probably the two best football teams in Kilkenny at the moment. Yeah, Eddie, how are you getting on? Yeah, definitely uh, two best football teams. Um at the minute, they can tell you, like Thomas, uh, Levat, definitely over the last couple of years, I've been there, thereabouts. You know, Thomas don't come up from intermediate and pipped him, uh, Mullinavat in their first year of senior last year. So, yeah, two really good, really good football teams. They go on, uh, Thomas, I suppose, we, we'd know very well ourselves playing them there the last couple of years as well. So, yeah, two really good teams. And, yeah, like I said, uh, should be, should be a good game. Thomastown coming up from intermediate they were probably shock winners I'm sure nobody in Thomastown will, will, will dis- disagree with me saying it but they were like they, they won the intermediate championship and they'd drawn with us early in it we probably should have beaten them in hindsight but they, they beat us went on won the intermediate title straight up the senior there wasn't a huge amount expected of Thomastown like I think one of that were going for five in a row um, and, and, and Thomastown pretty much they, they kind of they, they won that pretty handy enough as well they, they won that football title I think they, they beat everyone they played pretty comprehensively I mean who would you call favourites at the moment in that game to be fair I think, uh, I think I'd go with Mullinavat um, Eddie um, Thomas Stone like last year did come up you know they had a, I think they bet him by three or four points to bet Mullinavat last year you know and, and that but 
I think over the last few years, the proven team has been, you know, Mullivat, you know, if you like him, particularly Kenny Seen orders going for the, the five in a row, you know, the last out to Tipperary, came back the following year and won. Same, you know, it can be likened to Mullivat at the minute, you know, that Thomas beat them. So they have a lot to prove and, you know, it'll be fierce, fierce competitive team, you know, Mullivat, like even on the, the Hurlfield, this is football, of course, but even on the Hurlfield, you know, they're a fierce competitive, competitive uh, bunch of fellas, you know, and uh, highly driven lad. So look, I, 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 I'd like, I take Mullivat definitely to, to, to win it. Not by much, but I, I would see Mullivat. You know, coming through on that one, and and, and Eddie itself, the, the, the senior football championship is 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 done and dusted in the second week in we're what, third weekend in May now. It's 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 ran off fairly quickly in Kilkenny. The, the, there's no hanging around with football championships. There's no hanging around with the football championships. But like, look at it, I suppose you have to look at maybe the number of teams that are playing it too. Like you know. The fact of the matter is, we don't have the same volume of, of football teams as we do hurling teams. You know, that's that's the reality of it. You know, so what do you do, or how do you how do you lengthen it? You know, and then it gets to the business end of the year, and it's so congested. Like, you know, to be fair, where do you fit it in? So, look, it is ran off early, and I suppose you know, if it goes on another month or two, maybe no, another month, maybe that'd be a good thing. But you know, where do you get the fixtures out of it? You know, oh, fair enough. It's a fair point. Well made. So, look, we. Both of us are wishing both of these teams the very best of luck. You're tipping Mullinavat. I'm tipping Thomas down. I think Jim O'Connor's doing a wonderful job down there and I think they have a lovely football team. I'm, I think they'll be up against it against Mullinavat but I'm, I'm just going to I'm gonna side with Thomas down because at least I can go down to Thomas down Sunday night and have a point, that point and I can say at least well, I, I tipped well, I them. There's method to the madness and tipping up these teams. Eddie, before I let you go, I've, I've literally got two minutes and I do want to get your opinion on this. We were treated to an absolutely brilliant minor um, final in Munster the other day and, and it was decided by penalties and you know a hurling minor final decided by penalties and, and, and the next morning I, I I assumed that they were still in the championship and the next morning I'm told no no that's them it's it's, it's gone it's done and dusted um, like what's the story is there, is there no way that these games can be replayed or what's happening yeah I mean to lose any game um but penalties and a game of that high profile I, I personally I don't think it's right at all you know it was you know it still it was it was set plays it was freeze up until Congress this year and at Congress it was changed to penalties no but even still I don't agree with it at all I think I think something has to be done I think a game of that magnitude has to go to a replay I think a lot of games you know have to, have to go to replays rather than penalties that's my own opinion. Like you know, you the sheer relation of the team that won, you know, and the next morning they wake up and they're, they're, they're champions. You know, they don't really mind. You know, it's probably more exciting that they won is maybe with penalties. But the team that lost, they definitely don't deserve to lose it by penalty. You know, hundred percent they don't. And my own opinion is anyway that I'd rather see it go to a replay. One hundred percent of it. And in a word, are we going to have to review the under seventeens as opposed to the under eighteens, the under twenties, the under twenty ones? Is it time for the GEA to take a quick step back, have a look, and say, look? You know, this isn't this isn't going to work. We can't rattle off these fixtures in, in in a couple of weeks. Yeah, well, the whole thing. Yeah, there is an awful lot of fixtures rattled off. Look at it. Um, even the age grades would be something I, I'd like to see. You know, uh, go back and investigate all them. You know, and have a review of them. I'd like to see it go back to the under 18s, the under 21s, and try and make it a prolonged season and give all these young lads loads of games. You know. There's more. All you want is more games. As, as as players, all you want is more games, and as spectators, all you want is more games. So that's that's for me. That's the way forward. And it's only a matter of trying to sit down and figure out how to do it, you know. And so say all of us, Eddie. As always, you're very insightful, and I really appreciate you taking the call this evening and keeping us up to date with the football championship. 
Good stuff, no bother at all. Eh? That is, of course, Eddie Doyle, and that's where I'm going to leave you for tonight's uh, scoreline. Of course, you have scoreline on tomorrow and Sunday. Lots of live games. We've three live matches tomorrow, and you know there are lots of games for you to get stuck into here from tonight. From myself, Eddie Scally, and Shannon Redmond. That's all, and of course, the podcast drops now as well. The Clash Act. So don't be afraid to get that wherever you get your podcasts. First for sport on and off the pitch. Scoreline on KCLOR.